Hey, what's up all you loyal listeners, you rabid readers, you all-around funny nerds. I'm your humble host, Troy, and we have another episode of Homestone Atrocity for you. Today's episode, it's uh, pretty special. The New 52. I know I've done a couple episodes about some of the runs that were in the New 52, but this is specifically Dr. Manhattan's hand in creating the New 52. So if you don't understand, or you, you haven't read, I don't know, the amount of Homestone that I have, we're in over The Watchmen where Dr. Manhattan came from. We're going to go over New 52, some Flashpoint stuff. I know I did an episode of Flashpoint. I'll uh, throw it in the description or something. But then we're going to cover sort of the fallout of the New 52, uh, which was DC Universe Rebirth that hinted that Dr. Manhattan had a hand in what caused the New 52, that it wasn't just the events in Flashpoint from Barry Allen. And then we're going to cover a little bit like... Batman the Flash the Button, which gives you a little bit more information about Dr. Manhattan in the New 52 universe and stuff. And it'll end all with Doomsday Clock, which was a Jeff Johns Massey series that kind of, oh man, it just blew my mind in what it did for canonicizing the New 52 within the larger DC continuity. So I'm going to go over all this. It's going to be a pretty long episode. I'll try to keep it short where I can because a lot of other stuff happens in all of these events and runs. So I'll try to keep it just tight-knit to Dr. Manhattan's involvement. But uh, I know that I rant a lot and I do these episodes live. So we're going to see what happens. All right, let's get into it. So I want to talk to you about The Watchmen first. This is a comic that came out DC Spotlight back in like 1986 or something. It was Alan Moore and David Gibbons. And at the time, I remember reading something really crazy that like the first collected editions of The Watchmen, there were only 24 printings or something, as they did not have faith in it. But the whole following of this is just massive. Like people consider The Watchmen one of the greatest comics of all time. And I'll be honest, it's one of the first comics that I read when I was a kid that made me truly love comic books and see what these stories could be. So I have a personal attachment to it as well. I would love to do an entire episode, dedicate an entire episode just to The Watchmen, so I'm not going to cover the entire story. But I do want to talk about Dr. Manhattan because the origin of this character matters. I'm not into the plot, but we get to issue four. And issue four, specifically within The Watchmen, has this own like iconic following within itself because the narration is from the perspective of a being that is outside of time and space. So as Dr. Manhattan is telling the story of his childhood, the accent that gave him his powers and his life, it's not in chronological order. And it was this is one of the very first times anyone has ever been the narrator giving you a story, but it makes sense from the perspective of a being that is outside of what you perceive as time. It, it actually has a very uh, Slaughterhouse Five feel to it, if you know that book. But yeah, so I, I'm just going to cover it really brief. Originally named john osterman all right this kid who his father was a watchmaker and watch repairman which is pretty important um, because every single thing in a watch needs to work together perfectly his father you know once the atomic bomb drops decides watches aren't what's important anymore drives little boy john into physics he becomes a professor and he goes to, like princeton and stuff 
they say he's like basically the next Einstein. Uh, he meets Janie, who is this woman they has crush on. They have some dates or whatever. There's a whole thing about her touching his hands to buy him a beer. They have sex or whatever. And then as most love stories go, John leaves his father's watch in the intrinsic field center test chamber. Yeah, that's right. I'm reading that. And he goes in and there's a, like, a lot time. It locks the door. Janie runs away and she can't witness her new boyfriends be disintegrated. And he is like he he is completely taken apart on a molecular level. And then it goes through how like months later he you get the all these ghost stories of like a skeletal system showing up or a man uh, with no skin. And eventually, you know, months and months later, he appears Dr. Manhattan. It's John Osterman, but as a blue, like, god-like creature. And he completely has the power to do anything to change any reality. He is a master of physics and molecules because he puts himself back together. So his consciousness is outside of his body. That's how he can perceive time and reality outside of the limitations that the human body attaches to us. So in the end, Ozymandias prevents World War III by killing millions of random people in major cities. And the only person who could stop it is Dr. Manhattan. Instead of some awesome huge battle or whatever where Dr. Manhattan reverses time or blah blah blah, there's just a conversation. And all the other heroes, they get it, except for Rorschach, of course. But Dr. Manhattan's the one that needs to be convinced. And he is. Ozymandias convinces him. He's like, it's over. It's finally over. And, and Dr. Manhattan ends up having to kill Rorschach. And Rorschach's like, what's one more body on top of millions? And he does it, as he doesn't understand humanity anymore, but he also understands what Adrian was doing. And uh, in the end, you know, everyone leaves, except for Ozymandias and Dr. Manhattan. And there's a conversation at the end, and Adrian basically says, like, I did it. It's over, right? And Dr. Manhattan says, nothing's ever over. Nothing ever ends. He ends up deciding to leave the planet. He's like, I, I don't understand the people here, but I do understand life. Uh, maybe I'll go find some of my own. And he dips off. Now, aside from uh, what I'm going to go into with New Fit 2 and everything, there are a couple other sequels to Watchmen. There's Before Watchmen. There's Rorschach written by Tom Ean that's like brand new. There's a even a, a Watchmen TV show, which generally is a sequel to the comic book, which is pretty good. But anyways, like I said, I'm getting into the New 52 stuff. Dr. Manhattan allegedly, you know, leaves the Watchmen to go discover a different universe with life. And I wonder where he finds it. That's basically all you hear from Dr. Manhattan and the Watchmen for, you know, like I said, it was 86 for a very long time, right? And I, like I said, there are some sequels and stuff, but you don't hear from him for a while. Now, DC's doing his thing, blah, blah, blah. You have Rant Morrison's Batman run. You have Jeff John doing The Flash. You have all this cool shit, right? You have rebirth after rebirth of all these characters. And eventually there's the event Flashpoint. And I did an episode on Flashpoint, but to briefly cover it, Barry Allen, after being resurrected from the dead, it was back in time to try to stop his mother from ever being murdered from the reverse Flash. In doing so, it creates an alternate reality called the Flashpoint. And he goes back, fixes what has happened with the events. And when he returns, like that's it. Like It ends with him returning. And then DC decides to do the new 52. And they really like, 
soft rebooted the entire universe instead of Batman issue 750 or whatever they were on. I think it was somewhere in the 600s. They have Batman issue one and they have, you know, Green Lantern issue one, Flash issue one, Superman issue one. They rebooted everything. And it uh, basically acted like as if if you've never read a comic, you can pick it up. What's weird, though, is not for everyone. Like the Green Lantern run, there was no change at all. Flash almost, there was no change at all. No, Flash actually did change a lot. And we'll get into the Wally West stuff in a bit. I actually love the Flash New 52 run. And in fact, I love all of the New 52. Well, most of it. Like, Brian Azrael is Wonder Woman. Um, I loved Green Lantern. I loved uh, Francis Manipal's Flash. Everyone considers Scott Snyder's Batman run to be one of the greatest Batman runs of all time. Um, there was some stuff that people didn't like as much, obviously. But... For the most part, like in retrospect, a lot of people loved the stories that were happening. Jeff Jones' Aquaman, for example, is the blueprint for the Jason Momoa Aquaman movies. So it's weird because if you haven't read any New 52 comics, you probably know that they are, quote, the fucking worst thing DC has ever done in the history of comic books. And uh, I am not going to get into why people think things or why not, but a bit part of that was the loss of continuity. Like you had uh, Jeff Lemire did a Green Arrow run that's really good, but you have Green Arrow, Hannon, like all this bat story with him and Dinah Lance and Black Canary and this love story, and this reboot kind of removed that. Now it allowed readers like, say, me, who have never read anything for Green Arrow before, to pick up a Green Arrow comment and say, Oh, cool, let me see this new version of the story for me. It's not like this is a thing that has never happened before. Crisis of Infinite Earths, Infinite Crisis, Flashpoint, has done all sorts of times where there have been other universes and stuff, even Zero Hour, Crisis in Time. They sure do love Crisis, where they take these other stories and these other universes and they fold them in on themselves. And this was the first time they kind of deconstructed that concept so that you, the average reader, as I bet that they're numbers were probably really low when they wanted to reboot it as no one wanted to pick up batman issue 675 but picking up batman issue number one probably had the best sales it ever had and the people who had been reading for a long time though felt alienated because they had been reading this stuff for such a long time and it no longer made sense to them and that comes back to the biggest problem people seem to have about the new 52 universe is the loss of wally west a lot of people know barry allen is the flesh and then in the events of crisis on infinite earths barry allen dies and crisis of infinite earths is old as fuck it's probably back in the 80s too i don't know it exactly but barry allen dies hid flash who's wally west at the time takes up the mantle of flash and he's the flesh for a long time it sort of is similar to how Kyle Rainier was the Flash after Hal Jordan had gone evil in Emerald Twilight for a very, like, I'm talking years, 10 years, possibly 20 years. And then they bring back Barry Allen, and Barry Allen has his rebirth moment, and it's awesome. But Wally West, a lot of people growing up, a lot of people who are in their 30s and 40s right now, who picked up the Flash for the first time, who fell in love with the Flash, fell in love with Wally West. When they did the reboot, the New 52 reboot after the events of Flashpoint, they acted like Wally West never happened. And so a lot of people where it's like, oh, hey, maybe this event never happened in Batman 
or maybe, you know, Clark Kent doesn't date Lois Lane right away. That wasn't as big as taking someone who a lot of people considered their absolute favorite character and removing it. So there was a lot of hatred towards the New 52. And Jeff Johns and Jim Lee and Dan Dido, the other executives, decided to do this thing called DC Universe Rebirth. There had been Green Lantern Rebirths and Flash Rebirths. And there's been, I think, I, don't, I think those are the only two that had the official name Rebirth. But you also had a Superman Rebirth and the return of Bruce Wayne, stuff like that. But this was them reigniting, like removing the reboot that was the new 52. But you can't just do it. You can't just let them know like, oh, hey, whatever. And Jeff Johns is the guy who did both the Flash Rebirth and the Green Lantern Rebirth. And I have a Green Lantern Rebirth episode you should check out. It's amazing. It makes you a hardcore Hal Jordan Green Lantern fan. Like, I guarantee it. Anyways, Jeff Johns came up with this idea in 2016, after New 52 was probably tainting, they did some stuff in the New 52 to start retconning things, where, like, Superman, there was another Superman, quote, from a parallel universe to come to ours that had the same canon-like events, like, had a life, was married with Lois Lane, was healed by Doomsday, and he came to the New 52 universe just as the New 52 Superman had died, like, stuff like that couple things with Batman and uh, like there even was like Future's End which I did an episode for that too I'm not trying to plot my episodes I'm sorry guys all right but uh made time travel into it where it's like uh, some of the, some of the stuff just didn't happen anymore but none of that's like great but this DC Universe rebirth allowed Wally West to come back that the whole time he's been trapped inside the Speed Force and that Barry Allen did not cause this with the Flashpoint Instead, when the Flashpoint was happening, another nefarious hand at play had changed things to his liking, weakened people, so that if there was a fight in the future, a giant crisis-level event, they wouldn't be ready. They didn't have the same relationships. They didn't have the same teams. There was kind of explained why some people were so much younger, like Batman being so much younger than he was. They played it as if it was nefarious and that Wally West was trapped because he saw this odd and in the very very end he ends up getting pulled back into reality thanks to Barry Allen who remembers his name and that crowns him into reality he lightning rod and DC Universe Rebirth did a lot of other things that sort of like reminded you that Justice League Society had existed and that the Vertigo Comets existed and all this stuff it sort of was what Crisis of Infinite Earths and Infinite Crisis and some of these other things did where it took all these other realities and brought them together. Well, one of those alternate realities is the Watchmen. But instead of just saying that it's canon and that it's with the rest of them, instead it hints that the person that is the nefarious hand behind the scenes is Dr. Manhattan. Like the way they do it is there's twofold. One, where the watch that's on Mars and it's taken apart without any hands the way Dr. Manhattan would on Mars and he removes one of the sprits on one of the like mechanisms of the watch and it just highlights the conversation that Adrian had where he says oh it's over like it's finally at its end and you see the blue box and you hear Dr. Manhattan in your head say it's never over Adrian, nothing ever ends. 
the other hint that they had in DC Universe Rebirth is that in the Batcave, there was a lightning bolt when Wally West tried to talk to Bruce Wayne because of Bruce Wayne having the letter from his father from the Flashpoint universe. And that leads to Bruce Wayne finding a button in the Batcave underneath the rock. And the button is the comedian's smiley face button with the blood on it. And that leads into Batman Flash, the button. So in 2017, after a year of DC Rebirth happening, Batman, Flash, Superman, all these other stories start having their own rebirths. But there is a little bit of continuity issues, so they're doing their best to form everything up together. And they had their own individual little moments like that. It's not like DC Universe Rebirth brought everything together, but people started to realize that they were missing some things. So Rebirth was letting the writers do what they wanted with some continuity from before New 52. So a year later, Joshua Williamson, who was writing The Flash, and Tom Payne, who was writing Batman, they did a crossover event called The Button. And basically from DC Universe Rebirth, where Batman finds the button, he opens up and he's like, oh, I can't find the blood sample from this blood. Uh, there has this, this weird radiation that doesn't match any element known to Earth. And he throws the button down uh, as the Psycho Pirate's mask because of the events of what was happening in Tom Hain's Batman run. And the button ends up causing a lightning bolt to hit Batman's chest, and that brings Thomas Wayne, his father, from the Flashpoint universe to, quote-unquote, our universe for a minute, where they reach out and try to connect, and he disappears. Almost immediately afterwards, Reverse Flash shows up, and Reverse Flash is like, oh, bro, your fucking dad killed me, and I thought that was it, I thought that was the end, because Flash was supposed to go back and change the events, and Reverse Flash was supposed to have died, but he didn't. He talks about how this God-like figure helped him, like he saw the eyes of God. I don't know, there's some stuff happens, he beats Batman's ass for a minute, that's how long it takes for Flash to show up, and by the time he shows up, a Reverse Flash, Thawne, actually is destroyed, a lightning strike evaporates him and you don't know what happened but the only thing that batman knows is that the radiation that is from the corpse of reverse flash matches the radiation from the button so even though batman's all fucked up he's like yo let's go on the investigation together flash doesn't want to but you know what are you gonna do tell batman no so get on the cosmic treadmill which hasn't been used since before new 52 like that's what i'm talking about like there's stuff like that where oh this thing did exist but we never mentioned it during new 52 because it's been in storage and he gets on the cosmic treadmill to try to follow the footsteps of thawne so that he can travel through time and through the speed force and Batman comes with and get caught in like a time storm or whatever. And they start to see events that, according to them, never happened. Like the Justice League of America formation in the 70s, uh, the events of identity crisis, maybe some Zero Hour stuff. I don't remember exactly, but there's a lot of stuff that's pre-New 52 happening. And they end up in a Batcave, but it's not Bruce's Batcave, it's Thomas's Batcave. From the Flashpoint. And Barry Allen finds out that the events from Flashpoint, the universe from Flashpoint, did not end when he left. They just kept going. It now is another universe, not a alternate timeline. And uh, it sort of that section of the story ends with Thomas Wayne pushing Bruce Wayne 
into the time storm comes back and they they run away and thomas wayne says like hey man find happiness don't be the batman don't do what i did be yourself be happy while going through the speed force on the cosmic treadmill they end up finding reverse flash and he's holding the button from the back cave and right before he comes back as a corpse before the lightning strikes and he basically is like, oh, I, I know the face of God, and he's never seen anyone like me. And he runs away, and it causes the husband treadmill to break. They go back to their time, they being Batman and Flash, they go back to their time. They have like a little heart-to-heart with you know more questions than answers, but they've lost the button now. The thing is, you see Reverse Flash meet somebody, you don't know what, and he's holding the button, and he has true fear in his face for the first time after being like, oh, you can't erase me. That's when he's sent back with the lightning bolt as a corpse. But the epilogue at the very end shows the button in the middle of space. And a blue hand, this Dr. Manhattan's hand, reaches down, picks it up, and you, again, you get the blue speech bubble that is from the Watchmen. Why does my perception of time distress you? Everything is preordained, even my responses. We're all puppets, Lori, and I'm just a puppet who can see the strings. And then there's a, a second epilogue, and it shows the button flying through space with the blood on it, very much like a Watchman page, zooms into the button and then out, and it shows Superman's symbol on his chest. And there's even a, a thing at the very end, which was at the end of every single Watchman issue, that's a little quote, it says there are poisons that blind you and poisons that open your eyes yeah the button awesome i i love this little mini event but eventually for tom i don't i never read joshua williams flash so i'm not gonna comment on what happens there it's very flash heavy obviously these events have been happening with dr manhattan and i apologize for not giving you more info but as far as tom king's batman thomas wayne ends up coming into the rebirth or DC Universe, whatever the universe was, and he ends up being a bad guy, teaming up with Bane, and he eventually killing Alfred, and almost murdering all of the Robins, because he is so psychotic that he would rather Bruce Wayne, you know, have no one in his life that reminds him to be Batman, if it means that he's, quote unquote, like, happy. So that ends up, the climax of Tom Hain's run is City of Bane. Highly recommend Tom Hain's run, but you would need to know the button to really understand why Thomas Wayne from the Flashpoint universe is the main bat guy of Tom Hain's Batman run. Anyways, though, everything from DC Universe Rebirth, the button, all is leading up to Doomsday Clock. So Doomsday Clock, written by Jeff John, it starts off really dense. It's more a sequel to Watchmen. Basically, after the events of Watchmen, Adrian realizes that his plan didn't work and World War III still going to come regardless because people don't care about death. It like, worked for a little bit, but not very long. They still hate each other. So he needs Dr. Manhattan's help. He basically takes like, a couple villains, a couple brand new characters, a comedian who's still alive for some reason, and a new Rorschach, which ends up being the son of the therapist that Rorschach shatters his entire reality and then he ends up dying in the explosion and he takes up the mantle of Rorschach and you know there's all these other individual things that are happening so the first half really is like a sequel to the Watchmen more than anything and Adrian takes all of these players and teleports them to another reality because he's following the radiation that is Dr. Manhattan and a bunch of stuff happens like he's 
interacts with Batman. There's the Joker. There's some other stuff going on. Anyways, the Lantern, which was the original Green Lantern's Lantern from Justice League Society, which is not a Green Lantern from Oa like Hal Jordan. It's complicated. He takes the Lantern and the energy from his hat that was destroyed Ozymandias, it makes sense if you read Watchmen, and forces John out of hiding, and Dr. Manhattan shows up, and he's like, fuck these people, takes everyone from his universe, and teleports them away somewhere, and they basically have a conversation. Ozymandias plays his hand, and he's like, hey man, come back, we need your help. Dr. Manhattan says, no, I'm busy, I'm in the middle of something, and very similar to Ozymandias convincing Dr. Manhattan that what he did was for the right cause to stop a world-ending war. Now Dr. Manhattan has to have a conversation with Ozymandias and he explains that this universe, that the reason why he created the DC New 52 was because he saw the events that were leading where there were going to be too many metahumans. And there was going to be a metahuman arms race. Not nuclear weapons, but supermen. If you made enough supermen, eventually would be an event that destroyed not only this world, but all worlds. And Dr. Manhattan even has a conversation where he's like, I was wrong, Adrian. Everything ends. Because whatever happens in the DC Universe would have had outwards and destroyed all all of reality and i will get to what he's talking about uh, people think that the doomsday plot just sort of ends but what he's referring to is in real life doomsday plot that's constantly moving closer to midnight that it isn't just about the destruction of the world it's about the destruction of the entire multiverse and what he's referring to is death metal and i'll get into that a little bit that's not really what this is about but dr manhattan basically came here saw what was happening in flashpoint saw what could happen in the future and he's the reason why he destroyed relationships and made people weaker and younger and destroyed team-ups and stuff like that and removed some significant heroes so that the overall growth of this metahuman arms race would go back so that they would never reach the doomsday clock. But as Adrian has figured out that moving back the clock does not stop the clock, Dr. Manhattan as well will have to learn that lesson. Dr. Manhattan leaves, goes back to Mars in our universe still, and he has a little bit of a monologue, and he talks about how one month from now he will see Superman, and Superman will be so angry, and he will run at him with a punch, and then he sees nothing. He no longer sees his future, or the future of anything, and that's what he's afraid is going to happen. He's not sure if Superman kills him and that's why he's not able to see the future or if he accidentally destroys everything. The second half of Doomsday Plot is it really is sort of like I said the first half really is a Watchmen sequel. The second half feels a lot more like a DC crisis level event and it goes more into what is happening with this metahuman arms race there's some stuff that's happening in russia and it's basically a metaphor for an actual arms race between russia and the united states superman goes to russia with firestorm and a bunch of people end up turning to alas through the events of the story and superman basically has this conversation should superheroes 
were outside of jurisdictions or borders, or are they above that? Are they gods or are they not? Are they men? If they aren't gods, then shouldn't they beat gods and protect everyone all the time? If they're only men, then shouldn't they adhere to certain oversight and stuff? That's sort of what caused Trinity War, and I know it's been talked about in lots of comments in general, but Firestorm in Russia, through the events of the story, ends up causing a giant explosion, which kills tons of civilians. The explosion has tachyon particles, which everyone knows who read The Watchmen is the radiation that Dr. Manhattan like uses as a part of the Tachyon and Transit field. And the entire world's superheroes go to Mars to attack. And there's this amazing, the issue is so good. It's basically the way Dr. Manhattan speaks outside of time. He's talking to all these superheroes and fighting them at the same time. Like there's all these magicians and he's like, Oh, what are what is magic? And he kind of discovers while whooping the floor with them that magic is just missing air codes from the creation of the universe. And he's like, it's exciting to still learn things. And destroys the Green Lantern ring. And he's like, oh wow, this is so cool. It, as a scientist, while he's destroying them, and Captain Adam ends up destroying Doctor Manhattan, and of course he just puts himself back together because he has multiple times before. He doesn't need the body to exist. He needs the body to interact with people basically and he just crushes them he tries to explain to them that ronald raymond you know firestorm and supergirl like the events of what happens are not firestorm's fault that firestorm himself is not real that the government is planting sleeper cell agents and false memories into superheroes and it sort of is starting to retcon a little bit of that new 52-ness uh with some of these lingering storylines and stuff like that uh that's not the main purpose of it, it is a very self-contained Doomsday Clock World War Three story. So I'm not going to get too much into the details, but he's trying to explain to these heroes while just beating the shit out of them. He, he just wants to know what's going to happen and what's up with Superman. And similar to that iconic issue for a Watchmen, there is an issue in Doomsday Clock from the perspective of Dr. Manhattan that is just... Oh, it's so cool. Basically, it explains the events that happen right after the Watchmen. He leaves and he comes to this universe. But he comes to this universe in 1938. That is the first issue of Action Thomas that has Superman lifting up the car. And basically, it, it explains that Dr. Manhattan's been there the entire time. There's a, a little bit of a side story where he's helping this actor, but he's really using the actor as a guinea pig so that he can readjust his mind in this new universe so that he can see the future and stuff. And as he starts doing it, he realizes this is a universe far different than his in the Watchmen, it was depression, and it was dark, and it was gritty. It was Alan Moore, you know? And in this, it, it's a universe of hope. It's a universe of heroes, a, a universe that inspires. That's what DC's always done. Superman's always done, right? And he was there in the very first DC superhero. And through his narration storytelling of skipping through time and, and redoing things, sort of while he's fighting them, he's also living in these other moments of time that he's kind of always been there. And he was there to witness anonymizing, I'm sure that's a word, the entire DC universe, sort of making it so that crisis of infinite earths and infinite crisis and stuff like that, those things that cause reality to fold in on itself, actually is one 
Lon's story. And he witnesses what leads up to become the events of Doomsday Plot, which is the metahuman arms race that will destroy all reality. And he doesn't just snaps his fingers like Thanos and that's the new 52. No, he actually goes through and sees all these things and he changes it. So like, uh, when this one character was supposed to become Green Lantern way back when in Justice League Society, he moves the lantern just an inch out of the way so that he can't rabid during his event, removing that origin story, removing the Justice League Society from ever happening. He goes through time and makes these very small insignificant changes that when in Watchmen, he understands how complex reality is and how something coming from chaos could lead to something beautiful. He does the opposite. In the very end, there is this awesome moment where he sort of realizes that he is a man of inaction and he says november 1st 1985 adrian hills millions to unite the world and on november 2nd i allowed adrian to walk free i am a being of inaction on a collision horse with a man of action to the universe of hope i have become the villain and Dodger Manhattan decided to be this universe's Adrian and save the world, and it's not right. He sort of starts to crumble in his confidence. Superman wakes up from Homa that was happening in the events of the story. He's there in the middle of New York. Dodger Manhattan is kind of losing his mind a little bit, and he becomes a slave to the puppets, the strings. And he basically knows that in the future, Superman will punch him, and either Superman will kill him, or he will defend himself and destroy all reality. And the moment finally comes, you see that World War Three is going to happen. There's all these different countries, superheroes. Everyone's powers are going crazy. And he sees Superman go for the punch. It's the moment, and Superman doesn't punch him. Instead, defends him and punches someone else. Dr. Manhattan's confused, and he doesn't understand what's going on. And Superman asks him, like, who is she? And it's like, what? Because every single step that Dr. Manhattan takes, he's replicating a moment in time when he drops the picture of him and Janie on their first date. Superman says, do you love her? Is she important to you? And Dr. Manhattan says, she was. Superman says, you only see two options. Either you see me destroying you or you destroying everyone. Maybe there's a third option. And there's this whole moment with Rorschach. Dr. Manhattan feels guilty because he killed Rorschach to become a part of the lie in the original Watchmen. And Dr. Manhattan says, you know what, you're right, I understand. Everything does end. And he destroys the entire universe. And there's like multiple black pages. Oh, I love when Thomas do that. And then he restarts the universe. And he basically says it starts with a child. And the metaverse forms around that one and only son. Basically talking about how every story starts with the origin of Superman. When he was going around changing things for the new 52 that didn't happen anymore like Krypton did get destroyed and Superman did come to earth and all that but Dr. Manhattan explains that every universe always begins with the story of Superman is that's how the DC universe began every single time the quote-unquote universe always begins with that story of a kid from Krypton in a spaceship 
coming to Earth and it explains the multiverse in a way that Crisis of Infinite Earths and Infinite Crisis has never done before. And all those other realities and all those other else verses, they all form around the concept of what happens with that kid in that spaceship. You know, sometimes the spaceship doesn't hum. Sometimes it hums in prehistoric times. Sometimes it lands in Russia, red sun. But every universe revolves around the concept of what happens with the first superhero in that universe. And while he's basically redoing his New 52, while still explaining to Superman that that's not how it works, that he's doing it for the metaverse. The metaverse is this constantly rebooting universe that is the main canon of the DC universe that can exist with reboots because every time that there is a reboot, there is now a branched off reality. And even what he has done, the new 52 universe is now a separate universe from the canon metaverse so like grant morrison's run of justice league and mark wade's run of justice league and all these things that don't make sense batman can't be 85 years old you know and still doing this and and the new 52 scott snyder stuff and even the tom Hane, like i'm using batman as an example as i've read all those but man like all of these things can exist and it can be canon in the metaverse because that's not how this universe works where it's just one straight line it is a constantly updating branching universe to create the multiverse and this shatters the concept that there's only 52 universes in the dc multiverse and that every universe is its own universe and man it's fucking beautiful and while he's going through time fixing all these changes so that we can all have wally west back and justice league society and all these things and it makes canonical sense now he decides to go back into his own time and he decides to stop himself from ever going into the tachyon field generator and he saves himself from ever becoming dr manhattan so that john osterman could have a normal life with janie and that's not that the watchman has never happened or new 52 never happened or the events never happened as they always have happened because they've been printed and they're on my fucking bookshelf they will exist for all time but it doesn't mean that they exist anymore and at the same time both of those things can be true and gives his past self a life that he would have had and he wrote dr manhattan out of hannon well at the same time yo back and listen to a uh, episode I did on Final Crisis with Grant Morrison. It's weird. He's the first one to basically say that there are other realities that have Dr. Manhattan as Clark Kent. And at the very end of the page, that's what happened is because there's all these different universes, infinity possibilities, that there is one where Clark Kent has the powers of Dr. Manhattan, which was shown in Final Crisis. That's how Doomsday Clock ends, establishing that Dr. Manhattan coming from the Watchmen to our universe wasn't the first implementation of Dr. Manhattan because every universe shapes around the concept of what happens with Clark Kent. And it's awesome. And I'm, I'm going to get into a little bit of death metal so that doom that he sees happening, not to get into metal or death metal or Scott Snyder's Batman run as oh man that would be an awesome episode but in it there is a moment where the Batman who laughs which is a Batman from another reality which got the Joker Tossin basically wants to destroy the entire universe not just the universe but the multiverse at one point he does break down a Dr. Manhattan which is the Clark Kent Dr. Manhattan and absorbs his power so that he is now an evil Batman Joker version that lives outside of time and space and controls all reality, which is awesome. And I really do want to do another episode just on that. But so there you have it.
Dr. Manhattan, this being from the Watchmen universe, 30 years later, they do a reboot that people hate. And Jeff Johns, being a fucking amazing mastermind that he is, writes a story that then spans several years. They were going with these hints and stuff to redo the reboot, but in a way to where the reboot is still canon and that the canon of the DC universe can continue both with having the reboot and the reboot never happening because DC is a metaverse. So yeah, I know that this episode lasted probably a little bit longer than some of my other ones, but man, it's something I've wanted to talk about for a long time is that when I talk to people about the new 52, all they have is hatred for it. And like, I wish that they could appreciate it the way I appreciate it, knowing all these facts, because if their main complaint is just that it's not canonical and it's not continuity well guess what it actually is and it makes sense if you've read the story so i hope that maybe if you've heard this episode it helps you appreciate new 52 appreciate jeff johns appreciate dr manhattan help maybe you love dc a little bit more all right talk to you guys next time